the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things that I think upsets me the most is watching people get bad financial advice. And I've got a friend who will post something on Facebook from time to time going, hey, do any of my girlfriends have good you know, ideas on how to save money, to invest money? I'm like, me, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. And the advice that I see people get is pretty raunchy bad. And I, I, I say that not as someone who is like in the know or in the business and my advice is the right advice. I'm just telling you, there's some products out there that you're paying a lot of money, a lot of money so that person doesn't have to have a job or their job is to basically get you to pay a lot of money for a product that you don't have to pay a lot of money for. But there's whole books on this stuff. Like I got one right in here in front of me right now that it's big. It's 571 pages. Whoa. That's too much. You know, we want to sit around and watch the, 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 the ball game. We want to sit around and watch our kids. We want to sit around and, and you know, say, this wine has a nice floral bouquet. I can't taste floral bouquets. But we don't want to read books. And because we're all different people, I find that you really need to get to know someone who knows you. You know, I had a friend a couple years ago who her and her husband looked like they could afford to live in the area, acted like they could afford to live in the area, did live like they could afford to live in the area, only to later, as the financials were falling apart, go into bankruptcy and divorce because they never had any of the money. He didn't have a job. So there's all sorts of people, but unless you're going to be, unless you could like disclose, you know, that you don't have a job, but you pretend like you have a job. It's tough to get financial advice, you see? Like, I don't have debt. I think you should create savings and debt, but I don't have debt, so do I still need to create savings? Of course. It's okay to service debt. I told you there was a father of one of the girls I dated many years ago, and he kind of pulled me aside and gave me a dad life lesson. And he said, Rob, you'll always have debt. Don't let that stress you out. You'll probably die with a mortgage. But when you're 21 dating his daughter, you're like, I'm going to save so much money and we're never going to have any credit card debt and I love her and I'm going to give her a new dress every year. You're like, wait, wait, what voice was that? <laughs> it was my 20-year-old aggressive boy. How like the way you say that. The optimistic in me hasn't been beaten out. So how do I give investment advice for someone who's single? It's different, right? Somewhere if you're single and your parents probably want you out of the house somewhere around 24, Hopefully. They want you in the nest as long as possible, but then get out there. And... But what happens if you're 35 and single? Suddenly, you're looking at a different retirement. Two can live a lot cheaper than one, right? And when you're in retirement, do you really want a roommate? You may. I, I, I'm not going to knock roommates. I'm going to say that's actually a decision that you have to make. 
but do you have a non-married partner? Is that going to be forever? I met someone recently at a seminar and she was like, so, and she's starting to talk like this. And I'm like, what's up? She goes, well, I'm kind of married, kind of not going to be married. And I need to, I'm like, I'm the wrong person for you, lady. You need a mediator to be fair to each other, divorced, whatever it is for you. So we're all different investors. And then I'll see people at seminars who are married versus single. I'll see the people who are single and 35 and, you know, they, they work in the economy that's kind of under the economy. I, and what's that mean? Like, They'll work for tips. They'll tutor. They'll do things like that. And that's totally different than a retired person. A retired person, um, you know, should you be in municipal bonds? And should a 25-year-old be in a municipal bond? A municipal bond being a muni, it's a bond that you don't have to pay income tax on, but you get you get income out of it. Woohoo! I'm not worried about the taxes of a young person as much as I'm worried of a tax on an old person, retiree. Investing for income is uh, pretty darn big. I think that's the whole goal. So if I had a five-word challenge on summing me up, it's teaching you investing for income. Something like that. Teaching you income retirement challenge. Teaching you investing income retirement. I don't know. Get off my back. But also, like, if you're a woman, you're a different investor than a man. So there's different investors, and like that's one of the things that stinks about this show, and one of the things that stinks about you know watching you out there is that you really got to get to know someone for them to give you advice. You know, you could tell your girlfriend this weekend, like my boyfriend or my husband didn't cook dinner, and your your girlfriend guy, oh honey, you need to get rid of him. He didn't cook you dinner. You need to get rid of him. But that's not an assessment. You know, that's that's. You got to get to know someone before you can give them advice of you should leave him or it's not going to work or you need to get to know people. Same thing in financial planning before you can give advice. I, I think that's one of the most dangerous things is people who take advice from strangers or people who make decisions based on very little information. So I think females are different than males. I think one thing that I'm not is a female. Therefore, I'm going to have a little bit more difficult time kind of relating to what female needs are. Um, you know, females may want comfort. So, I mean, I guess we're all different too. Some may want luxury. Some may want safety. And what's the difference between safety, luxury, and comfort? Did you, the words mean something different to you? Cause they mean something different to me. I want to live in safety. I want to live in comfort. I want to live in luxury. I want a functional retirement, right? So we're all different and, and women live longer than men. So I think women have to save more money than men. And a lot of marriages in the United States, not all of them, but some have an age difference between the man and the woman. And usually the man dies first. Men live shorter lives and they tend to, there's some marriages where the, the woman's three, four, five years. And that three or four, five years, it may not sound like a lot. But if you're by yourself and you can't get up and down steps as a woman, and you have to pay someone to come into your home because you cracked a hip getting out of the shower and you sat there and you, no one was there. This has all happened to my mom. My mom way outlived my dad, way outlived my dad to a, to a little bit of tragedy. There's a difference between young and old. So as, as a guy who does a financial show, it's impossible to hit a home run every time. It's impossible because I don't know you. How about being a parent, investing as a parent or financial planning as a parent, totally different than as someone who's single. 
one of my good friends is uh, got a beautiful girlfriend and neither one of them want to have kids ever, never, ever, never, ever. So his investing path is going to be different than mine. Whereas I may say, you know, you want to save 18% of your paycheck, 19% if you want to pay for the kid's college. He may go, I don't have kids, I don't have that expense to look for that. He may vacation more than I do because they don't have the tether of the child. So his, his budget may be different than mine. But he's also not feeding that mouth so you can afford more vacation, right? We're all different investors. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black. I don't want you to read 600-page books on investing. I'd want you to listen to a band that you like. I don't want you becoming this obsessed person with financial issues. Do your best. You know, seriously, if you look at it in a funny way, and I just like to give you the easiest examples, but let's say you make $100,000 a year at age 20. Now you're saying, that's that's a big number. I wasn't making that. Just work with me, okay? So $100,000 a year at age 20. And let's say you're going to make $100,000 a year every single year for the next 40 years. That's $4 million, right? million dollars every 10 years. So your total palette of, of oil paint or whatever, is, is it's, it's that. If you can create 40 units or 4 million units, that's, that's your, what you're going to save. And then our, our, our world gets kind of cruel and says, oh, you can't create any more paint. You can't create any more dollars. You can't, you can't. So unless you invested that money or bought something that has other value, that's what you got. So I see a lot of people make that mistake that they don't realize, like, I'm only going to have $4 million on my, to work with of, of what's coming in. How much of that do you save? Because every month, some of that $4 million goes out, right? Sometimes it's in a car that you regret. Sometimes it's in a trip that you regret. Sometimes you might have been a little too drunky-drunky and hit order, only to find out all sales were final. Oh! So one of the people I swear by is Warren Buffett. He has a net worth of over $84 billion, and he created it by investing. Now, his investing pays his income because he's really big into the idea that a stock should pay you income. You know, the, the story of Apple and the big cash machine that they were, and maybe they still are, is that they pay you income. So even though he only made $4 million in income, he found investments that could pay him more income. And then that income from that income could go out and make baby income. Now, the coolest thing about Berkshire Hathaway is that even though he's rich, he's incredibly accessible. And even though he's rich, he, he, he speaks kind of a common person's lifestyle. He's got frugal habits. He likes to go to McDonald's breakfast. He insists on using a flip phone. His home in Nebraska is worth point zero zero one percent of his total wealth and he never spends more than like i said four dollars on breakfast so he was picking stocks at the age of 11 so one of the things that he has that i like is he can make some mistakes i met a couple last night where he goes my 21 year old son wants to get into bitcoin i'm like let him go buy him a thousand dollars of bitcoin and a thousand dollars of shares of disney or a thousand dollars of a share of apple or a thousand dollars of a share of 
the Wilster 5000 and give it to him and say, here's your $2,000 Christmas present. And let him learn a lesson on what Bitcoin is and isn't. And let him learn a lesson on what you know investing in shares of McDonald's is or isn't. You know, no one knows. It's it's electric currency that has no real value, other than it's electric currency. Which, for the record, most of this country could use that. Most of this world, you know, we shouldn't be walking across deserts with no security or no real money. You know, money is important. Digital money and access to digital money not going to go away. Should it be the dollar? Should it be Visa? Should it be PayPal? So. Warren Buffett learned at a very early age, at age 10, he says, that his friends were obsessed with baseball and football and following the, the teams, the home teams. He was obsessed with Wall Street. He went to the city, New York City, the real city. San Francisco is the faux city. And his dad had dinner with someone from the NYSE, New York Stock Exchange. Buffett, you know, at age 10, was like he wanted to organize his life around money. He purchased multiple shares of Cities Services Preferred, which, again, what do they do? Nothing fun. Water, sewage, but it's something that ha- you have to pay to get. When Buffett was a teen, he was already you know, raking in about $175 a month more than his teachers. As a teenager, he was making more than his teenagers. That's kind of cool, right? One of the greatest things about the Internet is it really? It is not. It doesn't level the playing field completely, but it's it's a good start because I can share my message on how to invest, whether it be through radio or television or through the internet. So by the time he was 16 years old, Warren Buffett had fifty three thousand dollars saved. He did paper deliveries. He did investing. He sold golf balls. He sold stamps. He buffed cars for a living. He turned a horse track into a lucrative playground uh, of investing. He was rejected from Harvard, worthy of note. Now he's one of the richest men in the world. He said he was rejected because he was emotionally too young. So he settled on Columbia University, which is darn fine school. Um, and one of his, his mentors was a guy who wrote the book called The Intelligent Investor, Benjamin Graham. Now, Buffett wanted to work for Benjamin Graham, but Graham rejected him. Do you know why? He was Jewish. Graham was saving a spot at his firm for someone Jewish, since at the time Jewish people had a tougher time landing work on Wall Street. So Buffett wouldn't take no for an answer. He continued pitching Graham his ideas, and he eventually Graham eventually hires him. So he was persistent. I like that. Do you understand what one of the biggest things I like in people? Persistence and loyalty. I liked tenacity. So Buffett wasn't very good at public speaking, so guess what he did? He took a public speaking class, and now the world looks at him, and anytime he speaks, when he talks, we listen. So lives a very humble lifestyle to this day. He doesn't keep a computer on a desk. Do you think you need a computer to like get ahead? Do you think like it still could be done, in my opinion? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Epic. Imagine Dragons are going to be playing at Red Rocks this year. 
Whoa. Do you have anything that's epic to you? Is there a band you want to see before you die? Is there a country you want to visit? I'm all good with that. I think it's a great way to kind of like live your life is to have some bucket list things, right? I want you to keep things pretty cool and casual as well. I don't want you to get too caught up in the status of having a bucket list. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Amazon decided the first thing that it sell was going to be a book. I've had lemonade stands. I never decided to sell everything. So how do you jump from lemonade to I'm going to sell every product in the world? How do you jump from selling a book to I'm going to sell everything? It's pretty practical. So Jeff Bezos talks about a conversation that he had with a former boss and the internet company and what Bezos decided to sell was a book. Bezos and his boss sat down and came up with a list of things that they could sell from music to office supplies, lingerie, underwear, razors. And the one they came up with was a book for a lot of reasons. There's typically not a lot of book distributors. At the time, there was two, Ingram and Taylor. Ingram and uh, Baker and a company called Taylor. Amazon wouldn't have to get in touch with thousands of book publishers, just a few distributors. So you can kind of start seeing where that's going. There's over 3 million books in print, which is a lot more than a bookstore that a company like a Barnes & Noble could stock. So typically you go into a bookstore and you probably don't think, wow, there's 3 million books in here. And sometimes at a bookstore you'll go, hey, I'm looking for the new, where's your horror section? Because you don't want to say out loud that you read horror books. And you're like, Where, where's that new Stephen King? No, don't read Stephen King. I'm a, I'm a, a literary snob. No, not Stephen King. He's been pretty prolific. As an artist, has he hurt his art by continuing to publish it? I think so. I had this argument just the other day of uh, what makes an artist great. And I'm like, death. Because <laughs> they can't make more of it. So oddly enough, to become famous as an artist, you almost have to have enough out there that it can drum up interest, but not so much that everyone can have one. So Bezos looked around and he's like, bookstores aren't really bookstores. They're, they're limited books, stores. They're crippled because they can't offer you $6 million like he could on the internet. And then Amazon began to spread beyond books. At one point in time, they referred to themselves as Earth's biggest bookstore. But they had to change that because they started thinking, what else can we do? They bought a company called Jungly and Planet All, and they started to expand. So, and again, the, the, way they, the way he figured it out was there's two distributors to all these bookstores. He's like, I could be the, the, the bookstore online. I think that's pretty smart. I, I don't know if that made sense to you how simple it was that he figured out bookstores couldn't handle, they couldn't claim to be the biggest bookstore. And doesn't the word biggest automatically uh, scare you some ways? Uh, Huge. Huge. It's like the biggest anaconda. You'd be like, ooh, that's the biggest burrito I've ever seen. You're like, oh. Oh, my, my, my. Be nice. Some money habits have prevented people 
from earning as much as they can. Um, I've seen a lot of people just make big mistakes. We've all got that friend, the one who's talented, the one who is well-regarded, the one who is accomplished. And you would imagine like they're making a boatload of money, but they're not, or they are, but they're not saving. Oh, that's the, and like you see that person who's, they, they hit kind of an income ceiling and they don't know what to do after that to grow their wealth or to grow their income. Try not to be that person who becomes marginalized, if you could all possibly help it. Um, stay cool. Stay collected when investing. That should be your number one thing that you walk away from the show today, is cool and collected always. There's never an appropriate time for panic. Nearly every major asset class, stocks or bonds or foreign stocks or commodities, they'll go through periods of time when they have negative returns or flat returns. But it's also a situation that if you study the history of stocks and bonds and commodities, they've grown in value over time, or they have a growth mechanism like income where they pay you. That's awesome. But sometimes these markets that these assets trade in do get stagnant. I had a great physical fitness year last year, and then doctor said, you need to take three months off. And oh, it's tough to get back out of that stagnation. So to understand your picture you know, of, of these assets, you got to see it as kind of a horse race. Stocks and foreign stocks and bonds and commodities and real estate, you kind of have to say, in lane one, we've got a rental property in Stockton. And there's been years where you, you lose value in the home, but you, maybe your renters did pay. And there's been years where the home does spike up in value because there's a rumor that a train station's coming to town. There's a train station coming to town. Let me tell you, the train station coming to town may be the biggest cliche in video games. And the wild, wild west. We've all seen the movies, right? The westerns, where they're like, it's a house of ill repute and a casino. And like, the train station's coming by soon. And when the train comes, everything's a bit different. Jimmy's going to come here and take me away. And I know you're saying, how many cowboys are named Jimmy? There has to be one. Jimmy the Kid? He was Greek, so that was Jimmy the Greek. He was the Greek kid. Anyway, you get the idea of train stations create a lot of value in the world of real estate. <laughs> and it starts with the wild, wild west because they bring people, and people bring jobs, and jobs bring with the da, 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 marriages, and marriages bring babies, and babies bring suburbs because you can't live in the city with a baby. So, love you. I want you to be a careful driver in life, but also a careful driver in investing. I want you to not get sucked up in the risks of distractions when you drive. I don't want you to get sucked up in the risks of distractions when you invest. There's a Time magazine that I have from 1998, and on the cover is a company called Cybercash. And Time magazine or Newsweek build it as they said, the next... What was it? The next uh, Microsoft? And you're like, whoa, let's think about this. Now, Cybercash was headed and started in Western Virginia. And the internet was just really starting to take off. And Cybercash had the pressure of becoming the next Microsoft. And the whole article was like eight companies that could become big. I'll go dig it up because I have it, I know. And maybe I'll, I'll talk about it in the future and tell you how these eight companies did. But they had something called CyberCoin, which was a micropayment system modeled after NetBill, 
which later licensed it. So it was the cryptocurrency back in 1994, the company was started. So 98 was when it hit Time Magazine. What's that, 10 years ago? It was Bitcoin before Bitcoin. And you'd pay for everything with CyberCash. CyberCash bought IC Verify, makers of computer-based credit card processing software. So they were going to be the company that suddenly didn't have Bitcoin, but they were going to be the transaction company. And then they got hit with the Y2K bug, where they had double recording of credit card payments through their system. CyberCash has already released Y2K-compliant update software before that, but a lot of people hadn't installed it. So the company ultimately goes into bankruptcy. All because of Y2K, when computers would, your birth date went from two digits to four, so to speak, because computers were kind of, no one lived to 100 when computers were started. So VeriSign acquired CyberCash, the assets, and a couple months later, you know, they're part of PayPal, and PayPal goes on to make big bucks for Elon Musk. And PayPal makes big bucks for eBay, who eventually acquires them. And all this started with CyberCash, which was this great idea. And now Elon Musk is taking some of his CyberCash money that he made with PayPal, which was once a division of CyberCash. And he's literally flying to the moon and becoming an evil dictator. Not an evil dictator, an evil villain. I got to be careful what I say. I think he's building a Death Star, Jeff Bezos, behind the moon. So anyway, that's the story of CyberCash. I knew the company well. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I want you to become a better investor. And I want you to remember back in 2009, you might have been listening to the show and said, hey, I've heard about this swine flu thing. And trust me, there's always some sort of scare in the news that people will say, how can I invest around that? Whether it's terrorism and body scanners or bird flu or mad cow disease or SARS or anthrax or the West Nile virus or earthquakes or tsunamis. Tsunami. Tsunami. Swine flu is a respiratory disease that breaks out and pigs. I don't know enough about it. I remember 2009, like the back of my hand, the virus mutates and can get into humans. Dun, dun, dun. And we have no immunity to it because we're not swines. But I remember the H1N1 virus and how it swept around the world, hitting 200 countries. It was a pandemic. The CDC estimated the swine flu killed 3,900 Americans. Do you remember that? 2009, 3,900 Americans died because of swine flu? And people would call my show and say, what are some investments in it? I was like, well, Gilead Sciences. Then you can get into some crazy stuff like Sea Trip because they were booking vacations to China. And we kind of felt like the problem was coming from China. There was a biotech company. There was all these little things that you could do. Queedle, which made rapid testing products to figure out if you had swine flu. But 3,900 Americans died of swine flu in 2009. You'd like, that's a lot, right? But it was one of those things that like you've all also forgotten. But that'll come and go. 
And there's going to be moments where you're like, whoa, that's a little bit crazier than I, I was thinking. Um, as far as how can I invest in things? We always look, you know, to like the 4th of July holiday weekend and we go, can we invest in that? The end of the year budget flushes. Um, sometimes we'll take a look at the economy stinking. And when the economy is unemployment, it's at record low. It probably only has nowhere to go but worse. And when the economy's unemployment is at a record high, it probably has – it could get worse for sure. But I need to start getting you thinking like that a little bit more. And not just, hey, there's a swine flu. There's something terrible that lives in my drain. I don't want to put my hand in there. I get that. Trust me, I get that. So there's be periods of time where candidates attack the high cost of drugs. And guess who's going to get hit as stocks? Drug makers. And guess who's going to be at all-time highs a little bit down the road? And a little bit down the road typically is like three to six months. It could be nine. But when the headlines go away, it's, it, it could be fun, right? There was, There's moments where people kind of get really caught up in this. And they start using headline news, whether it be swine flu or bird flu, the Asian flu. There'll be times where we get caught up and we're like, um, tonight on 60 Minutes, this company's come up with a new weight loss drug and it's going to change the world. I remember a company called Vivas Pharmaceuticals. And they were going to make something that somehow stopped you from getting fat or killed fat or blew up fat or did something, right? And that sounds great because we live in a society that's becoming more and more diabetic on just a regular basis. Um, You know, I'm I'm guilty. But Vivas was a big buzzword in 2012 because they had this big, we're going to show the world kind of press release on – the magic of their of their of their fat drug, right? Americans were gonna be able to eat whatever they wanted. The stock was what was it at? Um four or five dollars. At one point in time, the company had so much promise the stock was at thirty seven dollars. VVUS, VVUS. And they come out with these announcements like we're gonna cure fat. And stock goes from ten dollars all the way to twenty eight dollars. Now guess where it is today? 51 cents. Not making money. Not curing fat. But for a period of time, in 2011, we were fascinated by this company as a a nation of investors. And again, I'm not saying the whole nation, but we're like, hey, did you hear about that company that's going to cure fat? So every year, there's going to be two or three of those minimum. And there's going to be two or three world events. Like, hey, I want to know, should I invest in a, a tour company that, that's in North Korea? Probably not. If North Korea and South Korea, but if North Korea and South Korea get along, a lot of people are going to be going on tours there. Yeah, but you don't know anything about North Korean currencies. And you don't know anything like about how they do business. And are they government owned or anything like that? You don't know about local investment laws. You don't know if uh, China's going to say, hey, North Korea, we've got some great booking technologies that you can use. Um, so just know it. every year there's going to be something that sucks you in, the drama. I've dumped women before that I was dating as a younger man because the drama was too, too much. Drama's no good in stocks. Drama's no good in life. Drama's no good for mama. Drama's okay for the llama. Dollar llama. Wow! 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.